Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Triple Click Home. Welcome to Triple Click Home, episode 21. 21. Can y'all believe 21? Yeah, we're legal. To drink. Yeah, we can drink. We can. We can drink. We can vote. We've been able to vote for a while. Now we can drink. Oh, we, we can, can gamble. gamble. We can. We can gamble. But I, I don't know what these fools were thinking. I'm Buddy Brandon, and they let me back. We nah, missed right. you, We though. missed you. Yeah, we missed yeah. you, Buddy. And uh, Jamie, you did a fantastic job filling in last month. We really appreciate you doing that. And I really enjoyed listening to the podcast. Yay! It was kind of cool listening to the podcast without having to hear myself. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. So, Jamie's here, except now he's producing again and we probably won't hear a bunch from him this time although jamie you feel free to jump in at any time actually we're gonna hear quite a bit of him because he did our ah, interview yes oh yes live and on memorex or something anyway yes <laughs> also joining me this month are our usual suspects we have alina roberts from oregon howdy <laughs> where apparently they say howdy <laughs> Well, I mean, it is that whole westward expansion and frontier and all that stuff, so I guess they're allowed to say howdy. And we have John Panneries from the land of Panna. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and um, We say, Heidi ho, neighbor. Heidi ho, neighbor. <laughs> In Long Island, really? Yeah, we do. Sometimes. Okay. On occasion. No, not really. I actually had this neighbor when I lived in Dallas. We moved to this duplex, and I had this neighbor... And as it turned out, he was a bit unsavory, Uh but he was always saying, howdy, neighbor. Hot out today, ain't it, neighbor? uh, Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) That just sounds creepy. Yeah, he he, he was, too. And his name was Jack. And his name was, oh, that's even better. Happy Jack. Now, I always pictured people in Long Island saying, yo. I was going to say that, but I thought that would be too stereotypical, so. Okay. Yeah, so let's see. What do we have? We have we have a bunch of good top stuff. Top of the news. Yeah, we have all kinds of We have a bunch of, of good stuff, and we have Apple rumors. Yeah, but Buddy has to admit that he's wrong again. So oh, I don't have to admit that I'm wrong again yet. yet. <laughs> yeah, that's next month. <laughs> yeah, right. That's next month. Next month I have to admit that I'm wrong, probably. <laughs> However, again, as I'm so fond of saying, in other news, water is wet. So all signs point to me being wrong and that Apple does look like they will be introducing a less expensive iPhone. People are speculatively calling it the iPhone 5C. Because it's going to be colorful. Yeah. C for colorful, C for cheap. cheap? I don't know. No, no. Some people are saying C for China. One of the reasons that they're saying that they're going to come out with a less expensive iPhone is for the Chinese market. But another speculation a long time ago was that they were sort of hedging their bets with the iPhone 4 mm-hmm. embargo, which, by the way, got overruled by the president. Right. So there will be I- iPhone 4 shipments can continue. And actually, that sort of makes sense, especially if they want to really move away from the 30-pin dot connector. Of course, I've seen some stories where they're saying, okay, they're going to have the iPhone 5S, which we'll call it for lack of a better... Yeah, that seems yeah. to be what the rumors are. Let's just call it the gold the iPhone. I like it. The gold iPhone, yes. Yeah. The gold They are planning to have a gold or champagne-colored champagne. iPhone. Let's, let's get that right. <laughs> let's get that right. A champagne-colored iPhone, yes. <laughs> for the Chinese again. No, that's for us. <laughs> 
Well, but you know, this, these stories are saying that they did it to sort of cater to Chinese sensibilities of yeah, gold means like means uh, it's status. a status symbol right. thing. Yeah. Right. But the five C. Some of these stories are saying that it's going to be the five S, and then the four S for the entry level or free or whatever, and then the 5C being the other one, and the iPhone 5 is going to be the one that Apple's going to drop, and that really doesn't make sense to me. I don't see it happening. If for no other reason than the whole lightning connector thing. Right. Yes. Why would they get rid of that particular device? The speculation, of course, is that because it is so difficult to manufacture, because the dimensions of the case are so tight, that, you know, even just a couple of microns difference makes a difference, uh-huh. that uh, the manufacturing process is so difficult that, that they're going to drop the iPhone 5 in favor of the 5C. But again, because of the lightning connector, I don't see it happening unless they come out with a 4S Mach 2 or something, right. which replaces the 30-pin dot connector with a lightning connector. Right. Well, and the thing, too, is that the 5S is supposed to have the same form factor as, as the, the 5. five right. Correct. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. really make sense to have two phones with two screen sizes either. So I don't know where they're coming by this particular right. bit of speculation, nor do I know where they're coming out with this bit of speculation that among features that would be missing from the less expensive iPhone would be Siri. I think... Yeah, I've heard that, yeah, too. Yeah, see, and, and I, I'm not buying... I think there may be some features that would be missing. Why would they downgrade the processor slash capabilities so much that you would get rid of Siri? Because the right. 4 yeah, doesn't yeah. have Siri because it doesn't have the right kind of microphone. So right. essentially, it listens to too much. And that's why right. they've always said that it doesn't have Siri. Right now, right. The- It doesn't have enough noise cancellation. I would go with missing features, for example... The 5C wouldn't have the upgraded camera that they're they're, they're saying it's going to have a dual flash and other optical things that I don't understand. And they're saying that the 5S is going to have a fingerprint scanner in the home button, which I think would be kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think that That would would be be awesome. I would expect the 5C to not have that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I would expect it to not have the upgraded camera. I would expect it to have an A6 processor instead of an A7. Right. But no Siri, not seeing it. Yeah, I don't understand which means why it won't that have would Siri. Be necessary. It would make no sense. Which means yeah, it won't. It would, which it means it no won't sense. have any Siri. But here's my question for you guys: Isn't Siri really kind of useless for people that don't speak English? I mean, I'm not no. really clear. No, because you no. know, Siri's available in several languages. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, they have several languages okay. now, and they keep expanding it with each iOS oh, uh, release. So I'm sure iOS 7 is going to have additional ones. Well, good. Siri understands a bunch of languages. But the 5C totally makes sense to me as far as developing nations go, because what Apple's looking at is a lot of countries don't have what we have in this country where we can get subsidized phones. And so if you're in a country where you don't have a subsidized phone option, you need something that you can actually afford. And the Chinese market is somewhere that they really haven't gotten into. Of course, the argument against that is that people are going to say, oh, yeah, we're a developing nation, so we're going to get the leftovers. We're going to get second best. We're not going to get the same iPhone as everybody else. Well, but they're going to get other options. 
Yeah, well, I think if they're going to do it, it's not going to be exclusively for developing. No, market. it's definitely going to be offered here in the U.S. They say, as from the U.S. perspective, they say because of all of the <clears throat> different phone manufacturers in the Android market, yeah. that a low-cost iPhone in the U.S. makes a lot of sense to compete against the less expensive phones. Correct. Although I'm kind of hoping that the people in the U.S. say, why would I want that? I personally have no desire. So here's the thing. I have said for months and months and months, no cheaper iPhone because Apple doesn't compete on price, never has competed on price. And I stand by that, <laughs> that Apple does not and has not ever competed on price. An article that I heard reference to on Mac OS Ken earlier this week actually gave me a different perspective, though, in that Apple isn't competing on price, but they are opening up a new price point in a way similar to MacBook Pro versus MacBook versus MacBook Air. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I can see yeah, I that. I think I read the same Yeah, I article. think I can see that. Okay. And in reality, the less expensive iPhone, it's not going to be the 5S for 649 and the 5C for 49. It's going to be more like, uh, you know, 649 versus 399 or 449 or something like that. Right. It's not going to be a throwaway feature phone type thing or a bottom basement smartphone because, again, I'm, I'm going to say it again, Apple doesn't compete on that. Nor, Nor should, should they. they. Right. That's the reputation that they've built. and Because they wouldn't be Apple. Yeah. Now, do I think that Steve Jobs would make a move like this? No. I don't. This is the Tim Cook era. I mean, this is, you yep. know, this is his Apple now. But I think while it's something of a departure, I think that he also understands what Apple's core values are and isn't going to stray too far from that. Right. Because the 5C is not going to be a cheap iPhone. <clears throat> it's going to be an iPhone that has less expensive parts. Yeah. It's like I say, again, it's not going to use the latest processor. It's yeah. going to use the next generation back. Right. Which is probably going to be plenty for most people. Yeah. That's just it. I think there is a market for it. Yep. But I think that the way that it's been spun as being a cheaper iPhone for the masses and all that, I think that doesn't really do Apple any favors as far as what they're aiming for, what they're shooting for. Because again, Apple doesn't, hasn't, and as far as I know and, and hope, will not compete on price. Right. Well, speaking of things that they should maybe do, we do have an article that says that the gold makes sense. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you buy that? I'm sorry, champagne. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I was reading that the, the thing it said that they did make a gold, uh, what was it, an iPod mini? An iPod, yeah, yeah and it, then it, yeah, then it, it only, didn't sell. It only, right, it didn't, didn't sell, sell and, they, and it was gone before people even realized that it was available. So, uh, you know, well, that was 2004. Well, it's funny that three blind people are talking about whether or not they should do a gold yeah, iPod I know. <laughs> since we won't be able to see it. But, but I mean, know, I it's guess right. it's a novelty. <laughs> I think it could mean that it's prettier i don't know maybe that'll appeal to I people don't know. The- i guess again it's the status symbol thing yeah it's totally a symbol it's thing. a status My thing personally gold. i don't care i'll take black i'm good with that i'm good with black. Yeah, so am i i ended up getting Fine. the the white 4s just so that it wouldn't be confusing for my husband anymore because he uh-huh. has a black and i have a white and so he knows automatically just looking at my phone oh that's alina's what picking it up and touching it and having it go dink yes him having some screen reader tell him the time would be an instant notification yeah it should give uh, it away i would think he would have a clue yeah 
<laughs> no, but it's nice because we have totally different cases as well. They're both soft cases, but I know immediately when I pick up his phone that it's his rather than mine. So I appreciate that. Yeah, because it doesn't say the time when you hit the unlock button, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I guess I guess take whatever edge you can get, but uh, okay. And for all you who are listening to the podcast, uh, September 10th seems to be the date that we've seen it seems to be multiple a, times. Yeah, Apple hasn't yeah, actually confirmed that as far that, as I know. That, but is that true. seems Apple to be what I haven't heard an actual confirmation, but everybody's saying that. And it sounds like about the right time. Yeah, it feels right to me. As of the recording date of this podcast, that, that Apple hasn't yes. confirmed. They haven't announced so, anything. You know, knowing our luck, so, it'll be announced later today. You know, we'll, you know. Right. But as of this moment... Right. Yeah, they haven't announced it. But again, September 10th sounds like about the right time. And then Buddy right. will be able to finally say to you guys that he's not good at judging what Apple is going to do, but <laughs> neither not. are any of us. So Alina's just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> She's counting down the days for that to happen. That's right. I just feel bad that Buddy keeps on having these opinions and then they go and, <laughs> and do it anyway. And they wrong? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, you know, actually, I kind of don't. It's my thing. Oh, that's true. It is well, your thing. if he was right, I think Armageddon would be coming. So it's probably better <laughs> off that he's wrong. Yep, I've had to revise my opinion on the less expensive iPhone. And so if I didn't want one, I should have said that I thought that there would be one, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I should have yeah. believed that. I'm in your boat, though. I didn't think there would be either. So I'm just as wrong as you are. Me too. Although it sounds like all the people that were saying that Pegatron was going to make it seem to have been wrong and that, in fact, Foxconn <laughs> is going to be making it after all. Right, right. Yep, yep. What kind of name is Pegatron anyway? It sounds like a... I mean, wasn't that like one of the Transformers? I was going to say, it's one of the lost uh, Decepticons or something. <laughs> That's right. Do... Either of you guys have iPads, because I don't, but apparently iOS 7 might not be coming right away. They said it happened once before, so I guess it is conceivable. Well, it happened like right when the iPad came out. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immediately when it came out. It makes no sense to me. It doesn't to me either. I mean, because yeah, okay, so the iPad beta came out a couple of weeks later than the iPhone beta. Okay. It's beta. Right, exactly. I don't know if I'm buying that particular story. No, I'm kind of not. I like it. I like that we're telling you guys we don't like the rumors. That's, That's basically right, what it. we do. Darn it, we don't like those rumors. rumors. No, we don't. This is kind of interesting. Seven facts about the iPhone you probably didn't know were true. Actually, some of these are like seven facts about the iPhone I didn't really care were true. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> That's what I kind of thought when I read them. Like, hey, did you guys know that the iPhone was originally called Purple? Yeah, really. Does it matter? And like, do I really care that the silhouette in the iPhone music app? Yeah, the music app is Bono. Is Bono? Who knew? Who cared? Yeah, really? who knew? Not us. <laughs> okay, so we get it. Like, people at Apple like U2. I mean, there was like a U2 edition of the iPod. Okay, we get yeah, it. Who yeah, who doesn't like yeah, U2? Yeah, that's so, why they would have a tribute to Bono, I'm sure, because of that, you know. I didn't know that they actually had a dispute about the name. I thought that yes. was actually Yes, I read that somewhere a long time ago, actually. Yeah. I think it was one of those things that we read about and said, eh. Yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. I mean, why is Cisco having a cow about that? Because it's a totally different market. Yeah. We right. talked about this last month, that Samsung and Apple have this love-hate relationship with one another. And it's so interesting to me. Yes. But we known, I've known for a long time that they make the processor in our iPhones. And right. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure the uh, NAND flash memory. Yeah. So apparently right. they can agree on that, and that alone 
Otherwise, they're at each other's throats. Yeah. Specifically, their lawyers would be my guess. Because <laughs> I have a feeling that, you know, Apple and Samsung employees probably don't hate each other. They're just, I don't know. No, they probably don't. They probably have like these chats and stuff and they probably collaborate on stuff and then the lawyers duke it out after. But buddy, speaking of things we don't care about, how about this next article? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good segue. Oh man, this next article is so crap. (laughs) It's so crap. This article right here is proof that anybody can make the numbers say anything they want. Your iPhone uses more energy than your refrigerator. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, all right. You know, because he's the guy is counting things like um, the wireless data connection and the Correct. power that's being used by the data center. Now, how do you break down per user or per data connection how much power each data connection is using? If my iPhone didn't connect to that particular data center, if like I had my iPhone on lock and turned all the cellular stuff off, that data center would still be using the same amount of power with my iPhone or without it. Right. And Apple's, most of their data centers are run by renewable energy. Right. This article is obviously link bait and just obviously somebody looking for a headline. (sighs) Oh, no joke, which is why we also included a debunking article that you guys can read about how wrong they actually are. The rebuttal says that your iPhone on average, costs you 41 cents a year to power. I believe that. I think I can even afford that. Yeah, I believe that a heck of a lot more than the first article. And the reality is that we are very reliant on coal in this country for our energy use and that there are data centers used by companies in America that rely on coal. However, Apple is not... Wait, 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 wait. What? China's worse. Well, of course, China's worse, but we're not talking about China. <laughs> China's worse, and well, worse. but but we are. If we're going to talk about the power that's used to manufacture these things, I oh, mean, at well, least our coal plants are worse. relatively. Yeah, we're not talking about manufacture. We're talking about. I mean, usage. like at least our coal plants are relatively clean, and there are regulations and there are procedures in that's place true. to sort of you know we can keep actually go outside and still breathe our air. Well. Yeah, we can actually some breathe. Yeah, breathe yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, like China, not so much. They don't have these kind of regulations and, oh, yeah, sure, spew all that crap into the air and into the water. Like these stories that we've been seeing about manufacturers that pollute too much. Pollute too much? Okay, so what exactly is an acceptable amount of pollution? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put too many heavy metals in the water. Yeah, I'm going to refrain there from this discussion. There are companies that strive don't, for don't drink the water. energy neutral. Which sounds like a total shell game, but it, uh, anyway, it's a shell game. <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. Which ball is, the, is, which ball is the shell under? Mm-hmm. So, John, you were going to say you're going to stay. I think you should not stay out of this discussion. No, no, no. No, because I, I have very strong feelings about this whole uh, energy thing. Yeah. So <laughs> My feelings probably agree with yours, actually. <laughs> I think there's a lot of crap made out of nothing is really what it comes down to. Yeah. I think there's just too many people yeah. out there who have political interests. They have a political axe to grind. Well, and that's why the article that says that your iPhone uses more energy right. than a refrigerator came out. I mean, that was clearly somebody's political axe to grind. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think we also should acknowledge and applaud companies like Apple who are using renewable right. energies oh, and doing definitely. it because right. they want to. They're not to. forced to do it. They do it so, because they want to. Yeah. Yeah. 
I am definitely in favor of seeking out and uh, developing clean, renewable energy resources. I'm all for that. I think that it's overdue. But I'm also with you, buddy. Let's talk about the manufacturing process in China and how yeah. the process to make our iPhones is probably highly polluting. Well, that and like that they pay their workers crap is how we get such cheap iPhones. <laughs> yes. Right? We could go into talking about how raising the minimum wage isn't going to solve the actual problem because raising the minimum wage is just going to raise the cost of goods and services. Again, a shell game, but we won't. Right. Yeah. But we also have discussed on this program that if you have the philosophy that you're not going to support a company like Apple or Google because of what people get paid to manufacture those products, you wouldn't be able to buy technology pretty much at all. Because even at their component parts, even if you see something that says made in the USA or assembled in the USA or something like that, the component parts are made somewhere else and somewhere else may not be so friendly. Yep. I worked for uh, ViewPlus for a while, and there are like two companies in the entire world that make those trays where your paper goes in for your printers. Like, seriously, two companies or something right. retarded. And that's what they have to choose from. They assemble their embossers here in the United States, but they have to order the products this where, they're where they're manufactured. manufactured. Yeah, this is the consequence yep. of a global economy. Indeed. I'm not saying that we should step back to a non-global economy, but I'm just saying that we have to recognize what the realities are. And those are just some of them. Yeah. Although other realities are things like ways to make Siri do things more efficiently. There's an article with lots of links to But those. I already knew all of these. I was hoping I would learn something new. No, I didn't, I, from, I, just, I, I didn't see anything that caught my attention. This is good. Well, if you use Siri a lot and didn't know some of these things, it's all kind of in one yeah, place. It's useful. It's a useful resource if you're not aware of them. Yeah, yeah I absolutely um, recommend that people yeah. do get the link from the show notes and definitely take a look at it. But for me personally, obviously training people on it, I was aware of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I don't really use Siri a lot, but of the things that I do use Siri for, I yeah, I knew a lot of these. Yeah, giving relationship status to people—that's yeah, extremely very useful. Oh, for sure. Call my mom, and you could do that with nicknames too. Right. Having Siri look things up is very useful. Yep. So if you're not a Siri expert, then this article is definitely for you guys because hopefully you'll learn some things. We'll see. Here we go. Because more people are using Siri, Mac sales are, well, okay, so maybe there's absolutely no correlation there whatsoever. <laughs> oh, don't even go there. I was like, that, you can't make that <laughs> You could try. But uh, you could try. Mac sales seem to be down, down by 5% year over year following the general trend in PCs towards down. Now, this article bugs me, though. I mean, like, again, in other news, water is wet. But... This article really bugs me. So PC sales are down for everybody. Right. And they're down a lot more uh-huh. than Mac sales. But this article kind of projects doom and gloom and, oh, no, everything's bad. <laughs> mm, I don't necessarily believe that to be the case personally, especially, you know, one of my guesses at this next Apple event is going to be the announcement of new MacBook Pros with the Haswell processors. Mm. Just yep. in time for Christmas. So, you know, I think that's going to boost laptop sales and such. 
you know, the other thing that this article did was at the end, oh, by the way, Apple's cannibalizing its own sales because of the iPad. Okay, yeah, but it's still Apple. It's, it's all still, Apple. Exactly. And that's what I was Tim like, Cook's wait, how does that really hurt them? They're still selling exactly. iPads. It's just going from a different product. I think everybody is in agreement that that is the direction that everything is heading. You know, let's be right. realistic. You've got some really hardcore gamers who are going to stick with their desktop or their laptop PCs because that's how they get to play the video games that they need to play. And you've got the business people, maybe the the accounting firms or whatever they happen to be that are going to stick with their computers because, again, they feel like that that's the thing they need to run the software that they have. And then you got Buddy Brandon who will always have a laptop because laptops are just what I prefer. Yeah. The consumer market is going mobile. But that doesn't mean I will not also have a mobile device. But in general, yes. Case in point, I got Melanie a, an inexpensive Windows laptop uh-huh. because she needed one to help keep up with Alina's schoolwork. Sure. And she wanted another computer to do stuff with and whatnot. Even so, uh, let me see. I think the last time she opened that computer and did anything with it was approximately six months ago. Wow. <laughs> she uses the her iPad, iPad for, for everything. everything. Wow. Yep. When her iPad got stolen a couple of years ago, her original iPad won. Yeah. And we replaced it for that week between when it was stolen and when her new one came in. She was lost. She was totally, completely, absolutely, as my friend Rob says, period, amen, lost. If you took my iPhone from me right now, I would be lost. You and me both. I have my Mac to go back to, but I would be lost, which is kind of (laughs) scary. I don't know. I went on a camping trip a couple weeks ago, and I didn't have any cell data available to me in, in my little mountain camping area. So I got to turn off that, and then I could only use my iPhone to play games, and it was weird and good, but it was also weird. (laughs) Like, I couldn't check my email, and I couldn't go on the web Now, that's a vacation. That's a vacation. It was a vacation. That's a vacation. But you could read books, and you could could, uh, listen to music. Yes. Although, I'm weird, and I don't have any music on my iPhone. (laughs) Really? I have the Cloud Player app from Amazon. And I forgot to mm-hmm. download some of it onto my phone before we left. So, yeah, no, it was all in the cloud. And then I couldn't yeah, listen I, to it. Oh, whoops. I have iTunes <laughs> Match, so I technically don't have any music on my iPhone because I just access my you know, Match when I need to. And that works great if you're on Wi-Fi. And maybe it works better on Verizon's data network, but Sprint's data, no. <laughs> yes, it's unlimited, but... Like, it's unlimited because it's slow. Oh, poor buddy. <laughs> See, I don't really do it if, unless I have a Wi-Fi connection. I'm here to tell you, I'm really looking forward to being able to um, switch carriers in December. I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the iTunes match is great, but I like to have at least some music on my phone just for times when I'm away right. from Wi-Fi, which happens occasionally. But going back to the Mac, apparently there's rumors that they're going to try to get in on the business side of things. Maybe get their their losses from 5% to maybe, I don't know, 4.9%. Yeah. (laughs) They're going after business customers in the business section of the Apple Store. I didn't know there was a business section of the Apple Store. (laughs) I didn't either. But they're going to have a great, big, beautiful 27-inch iMac running. Parallels. 
Why did they pick Parallels? Why didn't they pick Fusion? Right. I don't right. understand. I think that Parallels might think, be the choice for sighted folks. It oh. seems to be from I think what I've might, read. I think it might be the... It might be the choice for sighted folks, and I think that parallels is also like striking deals with people. Like oh, if you buy so and so, you'll get yeah. parallels for free. Right. Or if okay. you buy your computer from Mac Mall and get a printer or something, you'll get parallels. Or you know, right. different. They're striking deals and they're schmoozing and doing stuff like that. So I think that doesn't hurt either. I'll tell you what. I love hearing people say that if you run a business, you have to have a PC. I don't. And agree. that's such crap. I don't agree. I don't Not understand. Anymore. My physical therapist runs her entire business on a Mac. That's 10-year-old thinking. Yeah. So I think that if you're already entrenched in that ecosystem... Sure. Because you're a big business with uh, you know hundreds of computers or whatever, yeah, you're going to be in Windows and you're going to be in Windows for a while. If you're a small business with a few employees or you know, you're it, or you're a startup or you've got yeah. just a few employees or what have you, you know, even if you are a bigger business and are doing turnover. The Mac has plenty of perfectly usable and productive applications for your business to use. You don't have to use Windows applications to be in business. It just happens to be what the reality was for a long time. Right. But I think that's starting to change. Well, and I don't know if you guys are talking with people, but I still hear the argument, all of our students need to learn JAWS because if they don't learn JAWS, they're never going to get a job. That is such archaic thinking. If you read the trends, I mean, just what Apple's done in the last five years in the enterprise market because of the iPhone and iPad, the halo effect in enterprise. Apple's going to definitely get more. The Fortune 100 companies are all deploying Macs, you know? No, you're right, John. I think that this is starting to change. I don't necessarily think that Mac is going to capture a majority of the market tomorrow. No. And I would certainly not tell anybody that... It's going to be in the hall, but... Yeah. And I wouldn't tell anybody that having skills with Windows is going to help you. Uh I don't necessarily think that it doesn't hurt to have those skills. Okay. I would argue that if you're going to have Windows skills, you better not have skills with a specific screen reader. I don't care which one. You better understand the operating system at its fundamental levels and not right. as the overlay the screen reader provides. That's an interesting philosophy. I like that because I don't think that's what we do. I think what ends up happening is we get our kids, especially our young kids, into situations where they have to take tests, like testing here in Oregon starts at third grade. And so we prime our students to use a computer before they hit third grade And I'm not sure if JAWS is the only software that works with these testing platforms, but that's, I'm sure, what they'll claim. It's archaic thinking as well. Yeah. But the thing is, these kids and adults, too, you know, when they get a computer, they learn a screen reader. Yep. So then they think Alt-F4 is a JAWS command. Or they think that uh, Control-C to copy text, a block of text, is a JAWS command. It is not. Right. And really, whether you're learning a PC or whether you're learning a Mac, you really need to learn the fundamentals of the operating system. I agree. While you're learning the screen reader. And you need to learn what the difference is. That's one of the things when I train people on the Mac is I always differentiate between voiceover commands and OS ten commands. Yeah. You know, because there is a difference. One thing that I really like about VoiceOver is that its commands are for actual screen review interaction. Correct. They're for actually getting information from your computer. You don't have extra commands that do things that really should be done on an operating system level. Right. 
Yeah. And I think that Apple did a good job of making that distinction. Some of the voiceover commands really are, you know, you you really have to do some finger gymnastics to do them, sure. And (laughs) I know people complain about that. But Well, you could get around that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, like with key remap. Yeah. Keyboard command or a numpad command or using the rotor. Or the number. Right. There are a lot of different ways you can get around a lot of that. And, you know, like I say, I know that a lot of people complain about that, but I think that Apple's concept of how this works and where it differentiates between what is a screen reader function and what is not a screen reader function is very sound. Right. And I find it really interesting. There's a part of me that says, I like that Apple is going after the business market with the attitude of buy our computer because you can run multiple operating systems on it. But I also hope that what they're also trying to say to these customers is come here and get an iMac and then be wowed by our operating system. And then you'll realize that although you can run Windows on your Mac, Maybe you don't have to. Right. Right. I read an article, and I don't remember. I'm a little cautious to say what company was. I think it was IBM, but I'm not 100% sure. They okay. started allowing employees to bring their own computers to work. So they had no, oh, you know, you have to use Windows, you have to whatever. So yeah, people right. started bringing Macs to work. So uh-huh. what happened was the IT yeah. department went to management and said, I don't know about these people bringing Macs to work. We're not going to support them. <laughs> So management sent the memo out to the employees and said, well, you could use your Macs, but be advised that the IT department is not going to be responsible for any tech support. So Uh what happened was the Mac users in the company formed their own little community for tech support in one another. (laughs) And the IT department threw their hands up in the air because they didn't know what to do. So management said, well, you know what? We don't need you anymore. Wow. That's awesome. I'm tempted to say it was IBM, but I'm not 100% sure if that's the company. So people don't quote me. Well, and as somebody who's been in a position where you have to get IT's permission to do anything to the computer. Yes, I've I've. Oh my gosh. Do you know how debilitating that is when you have to use access technology? I'm like, wait a minute. Especially when the IT people want to blame your access technology for anything that goes wrong. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, your screen reader did this, didn't it? Like, um, Your screen reader actually disconnected you from the internet. I remember at one point I needed to use OpenBook and basically my employer said, well, we're not buying it for you. And I said, that's fine. I'm bringing my own copy. And they said, no, thinking, wait, excuse really? me. No, you don't get to decide for me that I don't get to have access to OCR technology. I'm not asking you to buy it for me, but that was like a big deal for them. No, I'm sorry. We can't let you have that on the computer because we're not willing to purchase it. That's pretty common. I mean, I've actually had places tell me, oh, you know, we can't hire you because we can't accommodate your disability as well. You're, I'm not asking you to accommodate my disability. I have my own accommodations. Oh, I have and by my the way, you're legally software. required to. Oh, nope. Sorry. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter to them. They'll, I know. They'll, They'll, yeah, they'll, you know, they'll, know they'll, that. They come up with a reason. Mm-hmm. There's always Someday a reason. Someday, buddy, and, should and, sue somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could I have that in writing that you just told me that you can't hire me because you're not willing to co- accommodate me? <laughs> yeah, right. Because I'd like to talk to the ADA lawyers about that one. <laughs> but let's move on to the um, Jekyll app there, buddy. Okay, so what this proves to me, the seemingly benign Jekyll app passes app review and then goes bad. <laughs> See, what this proves to me is that absolutely no process is foolproof. But of course, I already knew that. Yeah. 
There's so many apps that have already gone through and then been pulled to demonstrate that to us, though. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing new. Yeah. You read about it. Yeah. If you read the circuits, you know that this stuff happens. It, it may, may not be something malicious. It may be, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, it could be content, could be any reason. Right, and certainly if something's malicious and it gets pulled, you know, if somebody's dumb enough to keep something that they get news that has a security vulnerability in it after it's been pulled, then kind of too bad, I guess. Right, but, shame you on know, you. Anything that man can build, man can also destroy or infiltrate or whatever. So, no, the App Store and the App Store approval process is not a foolproof method for ensuring that everything that you run is going to absolutely be safe. And if you think it is, keep thinking because it's not. It certainly helps to have that extra layer of assurance. But man, it's a new world out there. Be careful. Yeah. And we've talked about this for probably, if not every episode, at least most of them. Just because you use an Apple product does not mean that you're immune to viruses and malware. I've said that for years. Whenever yeah. anybody has said, well, I've got a Mac because Macs don't get viruses. I'm like, well, right. yep. I've never, 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 never said that. Right. It's, In fact, it's inevitable. Uh, it's just one of these things. Well, there's, and look at the popularity of the iPhone. We knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. And Apple's going to do everything they can to protect their customers. But the reality is that these hackers and these developers that want to do malicious things are highly intelligent people, and they're going to figure out a yes. way. And they're using their powers for evil instead of for good. Right. It's yes. like having a car alarm or a house alarm. You could have the best security system in the world, but there's always somebody out there who's going to figure out how to crack it. Yep. And I do believe that you are safer, not safe, but safer using an iOS device than you are an Android because oh, of the scrutiny that apps go through. But are you invulnerable? Are you 100% no. safe? No. 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 And will you get a virus or will viruses come out for stuff? It's Maybe. possible. Absolutely. Be grateful that these were just researchers proving a point and not somebody trying to do something horrible because apparently Apple says that they have patched those particular vulnerabilities Sort of like when Apple, the Apple developer site was down for all that time. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that on the last show, I think. Yep. It was down for a month. Uh, right. Well, okay, to be fair, it wasn't completely down for a month, but they didn't come up to full services for, I think, three weeks. Right. Most of it was online within two, but there were still some parts that weren't available for another week or so after. Yep. So there you go. Speaking of things that Apple probably shouldn't let through... <laughs> How about apps that encourage you to throw your phone up in the air? Yeah. I think that if you get an app like that, you're an idiot. Little common I love sense. the argument, like... Why is it that Apple's not allowing them to do this? Because think of how much money they could make off of fixing broken screens. <laughs> Everybody's if an If you are dumb entrepreneur. enough to download and play a game where the goal is for you to toss your phone up in the air as high as you can and catch it, by the way, because that's how you get points. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, common idiot. sense ain't such so common, you know? It ain't. <laughs> oh, but... All ye Android users can go download it and let us know how it works out yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, let us know how that works for you. I'd especially like blind players, blind people to download it. <laughs> yeah, especially because like oh, a lot of Android right. phones are made out of plastic. Right? Yes, yes. And they'll sound like the guitar getting run over 
buy a, a truck yeah. or buy a car. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can't don't fix die. I mean, stupid guys. Is, you just can't. Yep. developer was from norway i think it's hilarious before i read this story i was envisioning something like bop it you know yeah right bop it shake it throw it play this game on a carpeted floor yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no joke i got the gist of that after i read the article but uh, before that i'm thinking along the lines of bop it right and then you know right. higher you know what the problem <laughs> is though i mean most homes have eight foot ceilings so if you wanted to go higher than that then carpet's kind of out mm. That's a point. <laughs> Grass? Grass? Oh, God. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> AstroTurf's actually pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you do this, you're an idiot, and I'm going on record with that. <laughs> yeah, I have to Buddy agree. Buddy says so, and I agree with him. I think John also said that. You got you're a bad case of the stupids. And this is one case where I am not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Was it because of this app and the Jackal app that Apple updated its App Store approval process guidelines? I, I, I bet you. Except not according to this article. Well, one of the things they did update was the compliance with the Child Privacy Protect Act. I think that's what it's called. I wonder if you're supposed to give that app where you throw the phone up in the air, if you're supposed to give that to your kid. <laughs> well, yes, if Child you are developing for children act. under the age of 13, no longer can you have ads that would not be appropriate for them, whatever that means. Right. Apparently, they've got categories for like 8 to 10 and then 11 to 13. And it's like, oh, interesting. You, or, or is it 7 to 9 and 9 to 11 or something like huh. that? How do you determine that? I'd be curious if anybody knows. I don't knows. know. I talked to a student earlier this week who told me that he's been watching a show called Untamed and Uncut. And I said, what? Oh, <laughs> you like, dear. Uh-oh. <laughs> he's like, no, don't worry, Miss Alina. It's not inappropriate. Uh, honest. Honest, it's not. It really isn't. It's a show about people hurting themselves. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that uh, makes it all better. That makes it all better that you're watching a show about themselves, people hurting themselves. Not others. So it's okay if you hurt yourself. Yeah. If you fall off of something really high and break a bunch of bones and a couple of limbs and stuff, that's okay because it's funny. <laughs> the equivalent of that what was that jackass movies is that what they're called yeah yeah, yeah. probably steve oh whatever his name was there are shows like that oh, just wow there's also an interesting thing in the new updates to their rules that if you want to make an app that is resemblance of the app store in any way you cannot it must only be for accessibility health or there's one other category yeah, like those are and the I can't only really, times that you can make it App Store-like. And I can't really see a case for any of those, but I'm sure someone uh, will come up with one. Yeah, right. <laughs> because people are very creative. Oh, boy, are they. So if you're a developer or if you just want to read some fancy rules, you should go check out the new updates. And if you're a parent, you might actually be interested in finding out what the new rules are because it sounds like they're following the federal guidelines that say that we have to be a little more diligent about what children are allowed to utilize as far as Yes, content. and this is probably a good thing. Yeah. And I know we could have a debate about censorship and parent rules. Yeah, well, and parents should parent and things like that. But yeah, this is great for people who, you know, do things like hand their 
here, kid, have this iPhone, and then the kid buys a Porsche or something on eBay. Remember that story a couple of months ago? Mm-hmm. Again, it's parents should be parents, exactly. Yeah. Have a little responsibility for your children. You know, the yeah. phone's not a babysitter. I'll tell you what, I do not have human children, but if I did, they would never, ever know my password to anything. Mm-hmm. No. Period. No. Hey, Mom, can I download this app? Yes, if you hand no. me the phone. No. <laughs> What app is it that you're wanting? <laughs> oh, look. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Coming up after the break, we have an interview with Embraille folks. We have more AT news, more Apple things, your letters, and more. So stay tuned. Are you tired of browsing through thousands of sites just to find the news you want? What about recipes, shopping, radio stations? Wouldn't it be great if there was a single place where you could find all these things and a lot more? There is. Discover Samnet with the widest and most complete content ever assembled for the blind community. And speaking of community, you can use Samnet's voice chat, instant messaging, and users forums to communicate with family, friends, and others who share your interests. To learn more about Samnet, please visit www.serotech.com. That's www.serotech.com. Or call us toll-free at 866-202-0520. We're Serotech the accessibility anywhere people welcome back to triple click home number 21 coming up we have jamie paul's interviews the fine folks at embraille or as uh, ricky said a couple of sarah talk podcasts ago Braille. <laughs> i like it that way not quite the same effect as her though <laughs> no no not quite she does that much better He's in um, Finland. But, but yes, we Jamie, yes, he is in Finland, and Jamie interviews him through the wonders of modern technology. That's right. You didn't even have to go to Finland to do it. Thank goodness. Although that would have been a really cool trip. Yes. That would have been a really cool trip. <laughs> I can just see it. Jamie calls up the, you know, the people at Serotech and says, so I got this interview lined up through the guy from Embraer. I just need you to fly me out to Finland. Is that cool? <laughs> no. Are you sure? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. Finland. Is that your as, final as answer? In the country in in Europe, not yeah. not Finland in you know Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know, if we could just make that a rule, wouldn't that be cool? Oh, hey, I've got this great interview lined up for next month. I just need you to fly me here. I tried, but Joe just made oh. me use Team Talk. So oh, dang it! Okay. You need a better lawyer. Well, thank you, Jamie, so much for doing the interview. You're welcome. It was excellent to visit with him, actually. All right, so take it away. I'm Jamie Pauls, and this month I get to have the privilege of interviewing Hari Pasanin about a wonderful app that all of our TripleClick Home listeners are familiar with, but we're going to become even more familiar with it. First of all, Hari, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure. Now, some time back, um, actually not too long ago, you released an app called Embraille. And there are several apps out there for the iPhone that will let a blind person type in Braille. Tell us kind of how you decided to make Embraille and what you needed to do to make it stand out from the pack, so to speak, of the other apps that are out there. I was actually looking through the apps that were there and just being curious, fun, trying to see what I saw lots of discussion, for instance, about Braille Touch. And then I, I downloaded it, and it, it was a neat idea, which um, I hadn't thought of before. 
but it didn't seem to do very much. I was kind of disappointed that is that all you can do with it. And I immediately had ideas on how I could utilize that functionality of being able to input in Braille fast without looking at the keyboard and do things like send text messages or things like send emails directly from the keyboard without having to go through the menu systems. I'm cited, but I don't enjoy going through menus and I, I imagine it's the same for anybody who is visually impaired. It's just tedious. So as someone who is sighted, then what drew you to develop an app for blind people? Well, I was um, originally interested in, I still am interested in voice recognition technology okay. and, and ways to use that. And that's beneficial both for visually impaired and, and sighted users. And while doing that, uh, I was looking for users and decided uh, that it's good to have a user group that can appreciate the application without needing to spend lots of time on the visual design of the application. Right. And also have a group of users that are underserved in applications. Mm -hmm. And that's um, basically where I got the idea because I had since many years intrigued by speech synthesis and text-to-speech technologies and all these things that visually impaired people can use. Basically just to make use of the technology available to mm -hmm. sort of supplement our senses, both for sighted and uh, for visually impaired as well. Sure. How did you go about finding blind people? How did you reach out to them? Well, basically, first through Google, mm -hmm. I tried to reach out blind uh, Federation of the Blind in Finland. Mm -hmm. And then I, through Google, I found AppleVis forum. And yes. that's where I got most of my testers from. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, that's a great resource for certain. So did you find that blind people were surprised that you were doing this? I mean, since you're not visually impaired or you're not working directly in the assistive technology field? Many people ask me, why was I doing that? Because I'm a one-man band, basically. I have a one-person company and I'm doing everything myself. I figured that these are sort of like small niche areas where big companies are not necessarily mm -hmm. interested in because there's not enough users to monetize it the sure. applications well enough. Yeah. So I figured that as all one person doing everything by myself, I could perhaps hopefully find enough users to make it worthwhile. So then you had to learn Braille, correct? That's true. I'm not by any means fluent and I don't know contracted <laughs> right. Braille very well, but I know okay. a couple of test words which I keep using over <laughs> and over. <laughs> very good. So I, I know how to type about knowledge according really fast. Okay, very good. So you released this app. Uh, w when did it come out? Actually, the time kind of gets away from me a little bit. The first version came out in end of June, June twenty mm sixth, -hmm. right thereabouts. Okay. So it was just right before convention season. There, just right about that time when everyone was going to the big conventions and people are kind of looking for tech. They're kind of their, their radar is up, so to speak for what's coming out. And then lo and behold, Embraille is here. Talk about the uh, reaction that you got both from your user group and from the public at large when you really reached the end stage and actually were able to release this thing. I got really positive feedback immediately mm -hmm. through email and through the forums. Already my testers had been giving me great feedback 
my testers had been testing it for about a couple of months already. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me that it is really good, but I wasn't sure <laughs> if that's true. Basically, the, right. the sample size was not big enough for me to be 100% sure. I, I thought, that, okay, maybe these people are special because they want to be <laughs> testers and they like everything tech. Right. And the audience at large may not be so impressed. But uh, I was very positively surprised by the good feedback I got. And like many people said that it's really been a game changer for them. Definitely. So when you first released it, I think that people like the model that you used. It's basically a free app, except if you want to do some extra things, then there is a cost. And that's kind of changed since the app has been out. Go ahead and tell us what the process is now from when you download the app to when it's full featured. It's a free application to download and try. And in the free version, there is an in-app purchase that then unlocks all the functionality. And in the free version, you can already send SMS messages and tweet. But um, then if you unlock it, you get to use email, do Google searches and lots of other things. And you have quite an impressive way of doing that sort of thing where you can enter a period and then a short command to like send a tweet, send email. Was that something that you pretty much came up with on your own or was that something that the user group kind of suggested to you? The initial idea came from me. Of course, to me, it came from my background. I've been programming computers since Commodore PET and Commodore VIC-20 and Commodore 64, those small machines. And uh, Mm. then you do everything from command line. And I'm still a big Linux user and I like to use command line. So it's sort of an outgrowth of that idea that provide a command line in Braille. Okay, that's excellent. That's good insight then as to kind of how you went about that. Since the app has been out, I'm sure, as I know these things go, people immediately after they tell you that they love it in the next breath tell you what they want to have you add. And what sort of feedback have you gotten in that regard? It's, it's like relationships. They, there's the first crush and then there's the disappointment. <laughs> that, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that it's, oh, this is great. And, oh, how come you don't do the dishes for me? <laughs> and it's, it's true, but I, I've gotten really lots of feedback, especially since people started to get the idea of what the dot comments are and how they are used. And basically that they are unlimited in a sense that you can always add new dot comments. So people have been asking me a lot provide more functionality through dot commands and uh, i've been listening i've been uh, implementing some new commands and some new commands are already working in the development version and waiting for the release okay that's wonderful what is the price for the full version of the app that's uh 30 dollars at the moment right And, you know, that's very reasonable. I realize that there are some people who are going to take issue with a price like that, but this is a small market. It's a niche market and people have to realize, and I think are beginning to realize that you guys have to make a profit. You kind of got to put a little food on the table. So uh, I think that um, you'll find that probably a lot of people are quite willing to pay $30 for an app like this. I certainly hope so. I'm still not there, so to say. So okay. I still need to improve on sales for it to be worthwhile. But it's kind of like the initial feedback from people is that, oh, wait, that's, stop, that's too expensive. 
and then after a while okay maybe i'll start saving for it and then uh, it's like the gut reaction is people seem to think that it is expensive yeah i can understand that compared to the other applications on the market but um, sure. on the other hand uh, as you said the user base and the target audience is small and developing an app of this kind is not trivial also so it's comparable to pc software and mm. pc software for accessible uh, purposes is 10 times as expensive easier sure. so can you kind of give us a sneak peek at what might be coming down the road in the not too distant future perhaps Right now, over the summer, I've been busy mainly adding support for new languages. So there will be support for Hungarian, probably Italian, and um, Slovak, and, and other languages. And then there will be new dot commands, more interoperability between different applications. For instance, another Finnish developer has done a GPS application for the blind called Blind Square. Oh, yes, absolutely. And um, actually, right now I'm in uh, Finland and um, I had a lunch with him and we sort of agreed upon a functionality that we can expose from Blind Square to Embrails. So it will have support for that, for instance. Well, that's great news. That's going to really please a lot of people. I'm satisfied. And then there's also like a WhatsApp messenger is very popular in some parts of the world. Yes. And it's a, like a cross-platform messenger, so you don't have to go from iPhone to iPhone. And people have asked for that, so there is support for sending messages through that as well. Okay, well, that's really exciting. Um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And then, of course, to get a hold of the app itself. You can always um, go to my website, which is empaya.com. So dot com. Yes, very good. And there is um, the Embraille page, and it has a mailing list. So joining the mailing list, there are instructions on the page how to join the mailing list. And it's pretty active, but not sure uh, overly is. active. Right, right. And uh, it's uh, to the point. There's not a lot of noise. Good. Yeah. Very good. It's always a tough one when you're moderating an email list, but definitely very important. So that's great. And then, of course, a person can just search for Embraille, and that's all one word, correct? Yes. In the App Store and that's download true. it that way and, and have a play with it and pretty quickly decide that you want to go ahead and purchase it to keep it alive and well and developing further. Are you on Twitter or that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm basically behind Empaya, so the same. M-P-A-J-A is the handle on Twitter. Okay. But uh, I don't tweet really actively. I sometimes search for tweets concerning Embraille, and if people are experiencing problems, I'll, I'll tweet a solution or so. In that sense, I'm safe to follow because I, I rarely tweet daily. Well, Hari, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to visit with us and uh, talk about the app and kind of give us a little... Uh, sneak peek at what's coming up so thank you for joining us on the podcast today okay that was my pleasure and like uh, future features that i'm like on longer term i'm planning to add some, some mm -hmm. note-taking support which will uh, oh, perhaps nice. be a separate purchase but uh, it will include things like spell checking and uh, file management and things like that well very good reporting for the triple click home podcast i'm jamie pauls Thank you, Jamie. Well, I'm sure we'll be bringing you more interviews like that from, well, all of us really here on the uh, Triple Click Home team. 
And um, if you have any suggestions for other people you'd like for us to interview, app developers or people who come out with spiffy new things to go with your iPhone or your iPad or what have you that you find particularly useful or interesting. Yeah, no celebrities. They'll probably say no. They'll probably <laughs> say no. Yeah, the celebrities would probably <laughs> say if we could even get to them. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like, this isn't the UK where, like, people can actually get in touch with celebrities and, like, ask them to do interviews and things. Like, your people talk to my people and all that over right. here, you know. And we're not nearly that cool yet. But uh, if you have anyone like that that uh, you want us to interview and talk to and bring back to you on this fine show, drop us an email, resources at serotalk.com. Drop us a, an iReport on the iBlink radio app for the iPhone or Android phones. Or you can leave us a comment on the blog, tripleclickhome.com. Hey, speaking of iPhones, buddy, there's some new Apple Viz Hall of Fame entries. Yeah, I see that Solara hasn't made the list yet. Yeah, what is that about? But they say at the bottom that they're going to have another round here in a few months. So send in your nominations. I think we should have a concerted effort to nominate Solara. Agreed. What do you guys think about the nominees? I think they are all worthy. I think they're all worthy, yes. Yeah. Kindle. Blind Square. You know, I like Blind Square. Good. I haven't tried that one yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I like it. They're doing a good job. Tap Tap C. Yep, Tap Tap C, definitely. Yeah, I can't say enough good stuff about Tap Tap C. Oh, I know. I know. Absolutely. I have a bunch of bottles of this uh, Soda Stream syrup. And uh, like, I don't know which one they are. So I take a picture of one and, and it, I only have to take two, you know, at the most two, sometimes one, but take a picture of it. Food nutrition label. Oh, mm, guess I better turn it around. Try again. Soda stream grape. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, it's great. And the last one is voice dream reader, which I don't know how we could have forgotten. Ah, yes. Voice dream. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorites. So here's one thing that I want to see in Tap Tap C that I don't I don't know that they can do, but I will use it when I'm checking to make sure I have the right yarn or if I'm out somewhere and I want to know what color it is. It actually just gives me one of the basic color schemes. And the other week, somebody had given me some yarn. And so I brought it into my knitting group and I said, well, it told me that it was green. And they're like, Yes, Alina, it in fact is green. It's the like worst green on the face of the planet, but you're right, it's green. <laughs> oh, and I think another one was yeah, like, you're not know. actually going to make anything how they could, with that, are you? <laughs> I don't know how they could do I that because know. color is so subjective. I know. I don't know. It would be nice, though, if like, I could have been told that it's yellow green or lime green or yeah. if anybody has a color recognition app that they particularly like. <laughs> no, they all suck. Yeah, you know, that's the consensus I'm hearing. I haven't tried any of them. And I thought Ricky said she found one that she kind of liked and they gave her a more basic color palette than the one that had weird color names that it's oh, like, yeah. what the heck is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I can't remember which one it is. So if you have a particularly good color recognition app that you like. And um, it's accurate. Drop us a note Please. let us know. That's really that important. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> is yeah accurate's important we'd like accurate i love it when i use the ones on my phone and i point to something that i know the color of and then it tells me something else <laughs> like excuse me no that's black i'm sorry so let us know about that if y'all have one 
Because I thought somebody came out with one about a year ago that they said was going to be like a good one for blind guys. And I okay. think it was actually called Color Recognizer, but I don't, I never got it. And so I don't know if it's any good or All not. All the ones I've tried are either inaccurate <clears throat> or not worth it. And I know the lighting is a big part of the problem. I get that. But it's also, like I said, it's nice to know that the color was, in fact, green. But whether or not it was a green that anybody should be wearing, apparently, was a totally different <laughs> issue. <laughs> it's a nice scarf there. Did Alina make that for you? It's, uh, <laughs> green is awful. All I knew was that it was green. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As somebody who has been able to experience color, there are some terrible greens. So I totally get it. Oh, well. You'll probably have a better time finding your way than you will finding a color, especially with the, well, possibly with the new (laughs) TNI GPS 1.1 update, which has some bug fixes and so forth. But there's a little controversy here today. Hopefully by the time this releases, that controversy will be ended, addressed, fixed. But there are a number of new things that they have added in this newest update. By the way, it's been just over a month since it first came out. So that's a way of saying to all ye who are still sitting on the fence, whether or not you want to buy the app, Sendero is listening. They are doing everything they can to make these changes. One of the things they are doing for every single person who bought the app prior to this update is your subscription has been reset to August 20th. And basically what they're saying is thank you so much for being willing to be an early adopter of the original 1.0. And we will have given you that entire first month and a half for free. So Woo-hoo. that's pretty yeah, nice. I think that's really honorable yep. of them because that's totally something they didn't have to do. I know one feature that people are pretty excited about is that you're now going to have intersection updates with it being more than 15 miles an hour. That apparently has been a real big problem yeah, for people if they're in a vehicle, especially because you may want to make sure that you know the intersections you're going through. And if you're in a car or in a bus, you're likely going more than 15 miles an hour. Well, I don't know about the bus. <laughs> New York, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, because the buses go way faster than 15 miles an hour in Corvallis. <laughs> Especially if they're going just down a street and they don't have a couple stops. And um, I've been in a situation where the bus driver has forgotten what I've asked of them. So, Yeah, and then they don't announce the stops and then they get mad at you. Uh Uh-huh. We're actually getting a new system here in town where we're going to have an app. Oh, yippee, the talking buses. Fully audible. Yay. Yay. No more relying on the bus driver who might remember what stop I told them to let me off at. Well, it's especially fun when you have the talking buses and then the bus driver like turns it off. (laughs) What? They can't even hear it. I don't understand. Yeah, Dallas has had the talking buses for, well, they can hear it because it plays throughout the bus, right? It says, next stop, you know, and and sometimes the driver turns it off. and it's. Well, I'm sorry. They don't get to turn it off because they're on for a reason. I agree. And they're useful for everyone, right? I mean, yeah, even sighted people take it, you know, get something out of it, you know? Of course they do because they they sit down on the bus and they start reading. You know, they're not paying attention to where they are. Really? I know a lot of sighted people. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) I know a lot of sighted people that benefits. Hey, John, does the subway talk in New York? Yeah, but you're... No. 
and actually it's yeah. like a guy. It's like the either the engineer or conductor or something like that. So he says, next stop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what? What? Sounds like sounds How did like the, the peanuts. Ride the it sounds like the, 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 the teacher from peanuts. I don't understand. <laughs> Okay, so how do you know where you are? You just have to. Like, help. if you're taking the subway in New York, there are usually yeah, people usually on the ask subway. People, you say, hey, what stop is this? Do you know what next? stop is? And then, of course, you get the wise ass who goes. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> it's like, thank you, John. Do they have to stop for every single stop? Is that required? Yeah, it depends on the line, though. You know, certain lines will skip certain stops, so okay. you got to be very aware of what. Right, if it's an express right. subway or whatever. Because I know one of the nice things about the Max in Portland is they have to stop at every single stop. No, it's even more fun, Alina, because like then you get to guess which side of the car the door is going to open. Yeah, on. that's true too, because oh, you right. don't know. <laughs> it's like a fifty-fifty chance here, <laughs> right? Okay, you guys are making me excited for the day that and, like, I. Like the door get stays to open City. for maybe like twenty seconds, and you yeah, better run. Yeah, of course run. you're just stepping through the door, and the door cl- and it's got to open again. Oh, <laughs> you know, when you get the wise ass who stands there and makes sure the door keeps opening and closing because it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I can just see it with a guide dog that's like, uh, yeah, Bob. I don't think we really. <laughs> yeah, I'm should not go. sure. The door's closed already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so much for getting off at 42nd Street. Yeah, yeah. Like, you better stand up and be moving towards the door by when they say, next stop. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh, man. <Boo-boo>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Right>. Exciting times. <laughs> but I've got to say, though, that the couple of times that I've had the opportunity to ride the uh, New York subway system, people have actually been very friendly and very helpful. Very glad to hear that. And I hear silence from John, which means, yeah, you must have been on an off day. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what train? We- no, no, they usually are. And uh, once had the advantage of being with a transit police officer. So I sort of had a police escort one time, which was really cool. Hey, there you go. Well, having brothers on the job also helps. And you say, yeah, I got three brothers on the job. Really? And that kind of helps. So. Right. I'll tell you what, at this point, if they're not nice to me, I'm just going to be like, you know what? You just asked to go to, to somewhere... Your your karma point just went down by a lot. <laughs> I got your karma right. right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what they tell me. Oh yeah, lady. The so Yankees should trade karma. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> so what? That you're blind. I don't care. <laughs> My karma ran over your dogma. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about podcasts because we're on a podcast, so we should talk about podcasts. Oh yeah, we should. And speaking of podcasts, if you're a fan of Downcast. For oh, the iPhone, and you have a Mac, yeah, which she does. Yeah, I do. Downcast for the Mac is available, and I'm so behind. I haven't tried it for the iPhone or the Mac, so I know. Here I we go. I haven't either. <gasps> Neither of you have Downcast on your iPhones? No. no, no I'm afraid no, I don't. I use the uh, Apple Podcast Oh, I hated the I Apple Podcast app. Got I think they've improved thing. it. They've improved it quite and a And then bit. I they got Stitcher Radio, it. which I didn't like any better, and... I've been using Downcast with my clients because I know it's the one that the voiceover users keep on touting about. And so yeah, that's I'm going to have to get it for that reason. It's yeah, really easy it. and it's really good. Easy is about my speed. I have to say, though, that their search feature is not 100% great. I wanted to get Car Talk and I had to end up putting in NPR. I love my Car search. Talk. And then it took me like 50 podcasts to find Car Talk. Like, Really, guys? I love I, Car Talk, man. I Those guys too. are awesome. Yeah. And of course, you can get Triple Click Home. Hello. Of course. You, can. you should. If you're not getting it, you should. Unless you're listening to it on iBlink Radio, which is also awesome. Yeah, that's acceptable. 
<laughs> for the iPhone, iPod, iPad, iPod Touch, and Android. That's right. Do we have to mention Android? <laughs> um, so I've heard really good things about the downcast for Mac. It does have some hiccups, I guess would be a good way of putting it as far as voiceover compatibility. But overall, it's really good. And the developers are aware that voiceover users are working with it. And so they're definitely open to people giving them feedback. So if you hate iTunes like I do. You know, then- it's really funny because Apple, and here we go diverging again, Apple <laughs> really wants us to use iTunes for lots and yeah. lots of things. Yeah. I don't know of anybody, and if you're one that disagrees with this, please send us your comments. Just tell on us, iBank. yeah. Yeah, just let us know through all those different ways that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> but. I don't know of anybody who actually likes iTunes. We all sort of put up with it as a necessary evil. I don't know any sighted people who like iTunes. Why would we like iTunes? Well, exactly. Like, really, literally, I don't know anybody <laughs> that says, yeah, I like iTunes. Like I say, we put up with it as a necessary <laughs> evil for updating things and whatnot. Although, but- I wouldn't say I dislike iTunes. I, I don't love it, but I certainly <laughs> can use it, and I teach it's people how to use it. too complicated. It's not really that complicated when you know how to use it. I mean, that's the bottom line. I just, t- Everything's I just spent easy once two you know hours how. this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's just learning the interface and, and really understanding what you're doing. It's unnecessarily you know, the source- complicated. How about that? <sighs> Changing everything from a grid view that's the pain in the patootie to... You know, something usable. Yeah, get it to list view and then just make sure you have the sidebar showing. Right. That's half the battle within itself. I, I don't like those <laughs> pop-up buttons, you know, but I'm going to eventually do a podcast on the new iTunes. I just okay. haven't had a chance to breathe, let alone sit I down know to do that a record a podcast. You've been eating Austrian chocolate, John. That's right. <laughs> yeah, which I put well out of my reach just because I don't want to be on the podcast called, you know, so... <laughs> Okay, so wait, I got I got to know, is it like just chocolate or does it have stuff in it? It's got stuff in it. It's got nice caramel and cream and all kinds of wonderful oh, stuff nice. that I really shouldn't be eating. Ah. So I put it well out of my reach. I can't get to it, so it's good. I was at Trader right Joe's now. the other day and they have really yummy chocolate at their check sounds. <laughs> so I, of course, did the impulse buy. It's we don't have much. Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's awesome. If they have Trader Joe's online and they'll send me some. It's a trap. <laughs> anyway, there's unfortunately not an iChocolate app for the iPhone. <laughs> I wish maybe there, there should be. Well, it. And it's not yeah. really fair. It's totally lunchtime for me. I don't know about these East Coasters. Yeah, but me too. I didn't have lunch. I haven't I had even lunch have yet lunch, either. So. <laughs> so if you're all wondering while you're sitting here listening to the podcast, why the heck we're talking about food so much? It's because we're hungry. And we <laughs> like chocolate. And if you don't like chocolate, like chocolate, I'm sorry. There's something wrong with you. And Yes, you're missing a chromosome. <laughs> if you'd like to send us chocolate, you can do so, care of. Yeah. I will sample all chocolate first, though. Yeah, I really like dark chocolate. So if you send me all crappy milk of chocolate. Gratefully accepted. Yeah, no, and don't even think about sending white chocolate. <laughs> oh, please, no. Crap. Don't, no. Nah, it's not, not chocolate, period. Yeah, it's not true chocolate. It's marketing chocolate. Definitely dark is best. By far. Why don't they sell dark chocolate with nuts? They do. I can never find dark chocolate with nuts. Well, I don't know enough about your part of the country, but over here in the Northwest, we get chocolate 
from all kinds of places. And Oregon actually has a number of chocolate makers. And so Here he has a we couple. have all kinds of choices. Here he has a couple, but I want dark chocolate with nuts, darn it. Okay. Well, uh, oh, Toblerone's. You can get oh, dark chocolate. Oh, Toblerone is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are good, but they're yeah. not dark. Yeah, they have dark. Oh, last time I yeah. got it, they were just like milk and they had little toffee chips in but them. They, they were do delicious. Sell milk, but yes. But you can get Toblerone and dark chocolate. Oh, man. Okay. I'm so, okay. Also, Amazon is your friend. Amazon is my friend. I love Amazon. <laughs> yes, I do. My microphone's starting to look really delicious right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great company that makes a set of chocolates that have real liquor in them. Yeah, I have some. That's all we need. Since it's our 21st podcast. I have, I have some. I bought some on a cruise, on, on our ill-fated cruise, and I still have some. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. They are. These ones, I think, have like Bailey's Irish cream in them. So, buddy, do you want to talk about investors? So, yeah, investors. <laughs> I, I just don't know what to say about this. This dude's name is Carl Icahn. Yeah, he's actually pretty famous in the world of investing in that. he's Well, like this one podcast called him like an activist investor, which just sounds <laughs> weird. Right. So like this article is going, well, actually, that's the next one. But yeah, this article <laughs> says that he um, invested a whole pile of money and bought Over a bunch a of billion. Apple stock. Yep. And he's got definite ideas about what Apple should be doing and where it should be going. Or at least he finds that it's undervalued. Oh, that I believe yeah. it is. He says that it's undervalued, and he also says that Apple should be doing this, and Apple should be right. doing that, and blah, blah, blah. And according to this next article, <laughs> he's, you know, he claims that he had a private conversation with Tim Cook, and this guy in this, in this next article is really going off on him about how, how can he have a private conversation with Tim Cook? Tim Cook should be doing other things other than having private conversations with Carl Icahn and... <laughs> And, and I agree not, with yeah, all that, that, but no, that article just uh, really bothered I agree with me. I'm like, that dude, Susan, get off but, your soapbox! Wow. Do you know why that article really bought? One reason that article really why? bothered me. We only have Carl Icahn say so that he had a, this private conversation <laughs> with Tim Cook. Yeah, Tim Cook's never confirmed that it happened, and even if he did, who cares? Okay, let's be realistic. Apple is an enormous company. Okay, right. Tim Cook is going to talk to investors. That is the reality of him being the CEO of Apple. And I guarantee you that Larry and uh, who's the other guy at Google? Daryl and his other brother, Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they talk to investors because guess what? Investors are kind of important when you run a business. And whether or not they listen to them is a whole nother issue. But why are we going on and on about them talking oh, to them? I don't, I don't really understand. That's what I say. Who, who cares? cares? You know what? Tim Cook's not going to call up me, but that's okay. Yeah, I can give him ideas. <laughs> I don't have to buy a billion dollars worth of stock to be able to give him ideas. Well, and then the other thing is, you know, he says, well, Tim Cook should be spending that time doing this. And Tim Cook should be spending time right. doing it. And, and he yeah, says right. he's not. Who to be telling what Tim... Well, except for making the bigger iPhone. I mean, like, I totally don't want Tim Cook <laughs> to make either. a bigger iPhone. We don't need a bigger uh, The 5 iPhone. is plenty large. That's another one of yeah, my ideas. big items. enough. I saw somebody, what is it, the Galaxy phones? What's the one that, the, it's like a freaking brick. <laughs> I think that is How the How do Galaxy. you carry a phone around like that? Yeah. It's like, well, that's not the point of a cell phone. It's like, we need a bigger phone because the other guys have a bigger phone. No. no. And I also would like to talk to fashion designers and say, you know, they keep on making our phones bigger and you keep making our pockets. And I'm speaking about women's pants. They keep making our pockets smaller. So apparently, we're not supposed to be carrying our phones in our pockets. 
No, you're supposed to buy the $300 purse to go along with those small pockets. Oh, right. <laughs> you know what? Purses are for... Uh, don't don't, don't say it. Don't, I, don't say I don't it. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> I find purses to be obnoxious. I think that it's safe to say that we're all pretty annoyed by this whole Carl Icahn story. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. What do we know? We're just podcasters. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? I have Apple stock and it went up. So yay for me. Well, well, there you go. You have <laughs> Apple stock. So you too can call Tim Cook. Yeah. Give him a call. <laughs> a private chat with just him. Just let him know that you okay. have some ideas for the direction of the company. Tell and him you're I an have investor. like less than five shares. I'm right, sure. But you're still an investor. You're an investor. Five shares. You are shares still a stockholder. Shares. That's right. Yeah. Your opinion matters. It matters quite a bit less, but it matters. I'll tell you what, actually, I, I was excited to see Apple finally going up after Google keeps on climbing. Like, right. I think it's almost at 900 or something ridiculous. And I, I just keep on shaking my head and saying, well, why? I don't get that at all. I don't understand. Google will eventually go back down. It's, it's all <sighs> cyclical. It'll, it's not going to go up forever. Let's talk about Apple continuing to acquire more companies because they keep on doing it. Yeah, this. that's what they do. Well, I'm sure Carl Icahn will be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're up to nine this year or something? Nine, yeah, like in, like in the last like six months or something crazy. Uh-huh. And yeah, this, of course, is going to fuel more speculation about an Apple TV thing. Television, television, television. I still don't see Apple coming out with a standalone television. But Buddy's wrong, so. <laughs> so yeah, that means that Let's Apple is going to come out with three a, months. Can... No, Apple television. <laughs> What I didn't realize about this company that they just acquired, though, is that there was an app from this company for the iPhone. They shut it down. They pulled it. But but yeah, so it seems pretty clear that they're going to do something more with television. Absolutely. I mean, what it will be, who knows? Yeah, there was a thing where some guy said he had the inside track that Apple was going to be releasing some product that was television related, but was not a television but he didn't know what it was, and he said that all he heard was that it's not anything anyone's expecting. And I kind of buy that, but like I say, I'm definitely not seeing a standalone television. So one thing that I could see and I would like to see on my Apple TV is the ability to search network websites for their full episodes because CBS is a great example of a website or a, a company that offers full episodes of their television programs for viewers to watch. However, they're only available on CBS's website. With, With Flash. Flash. Let's not even go into the accessibility problems. I wish these people would just abandon so, Flash. It's annoying me. Oh, amen. Uh, at some point, it would be really neat if Apple TV had the capability to say, hey, I know you're interested in watching your favorite shows. And here's a way to do that. And they'd have like a little button that said CBS and it would take me to the website and then I could get the full episode or something like that. I don't know. Because there are very few things that I have to use my Mac using AirPlay to do anymore with my Apple TV, but that is one of them. And I'd also like to have access to Hulu without the plus part, but. Yeah, you can pretty much forget about that. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Hey, I can dream. In more water is wet news, <laughs> Judge says she won't suspend ruling in Apple eBooks case. Yeah, like none of us saw that coming. I mean, she as much as told us that she had already made up her mind before the trial. Right. Yeah. Is, 
An absolute Which joke. Which was illegal. Yeah, it's a joke. The whole business with this ebook thing is a joke. It's a disgrace. I just don't even think it matters. I don't feel like they benefited the way that we're making this out no, to be. No, absolutely and not. Maybe... Maybe well, no, Amazon. Wrong. Amazon's definitely not. Oh, I mean, no. Amazon's not hurting one iota. <laughs> they've still got the market by the throat. Oh yeah, iBooks is probably still the smallest player in the field. Yeah, I think it's even smaller than the Nook and Barnes and Noble's freaking mm-hmm. going out of business. So you know, hurt near. <laughs> but this isn't really news. No, this isn't anything. Nobody was. This isn't a shocker right here. And I don't even know if the appeal is going to work, to be honest with you. I honestly feel no, like at of this course point, it's not. Apple should just swallow their pride, admit that something happened that maybe shouldn't have happened, and move on. Why are we still talking about this? this how many years ago did this happen? Yeah. Well, when iBooks first came out in like 2010 I think. Somewhere in there. Was it 11? Who knows? But yeah, that's the thing. Even if they appealed and got a new judge, I think that pretty much somebody's already decided, well, we need to make an example of somebody and Apple won. Yep. But, you know, we don't have a justice system in this country either, buddy. Come on. We've got the best justice money can buy. That's right. right. You got it. Speaking of buying things (laughs) uh, and, and services, coming up after we hear from our buddy John Panneries here about Mac for the Blind. Yeah. Your comments, your letters and um, your favorite apps. No. Sorry. Try again. (laughs) I don't know how to use this Apple thing. The only thing I know how to do with it is... Wait, there's lots more to learn, and Mac for the Blind can teach you. As an Apple-certified support professional in Lion and Mountain Lion, with eight years' experience on Mac and four years' experience on iOS, TripleClick Home's own John Panarese has what it takes to get you comfortable and productive with all your Apple gadgets. Training packages are available for both Mac and iDevices. When you're ready to take a taste of all that your Apple can do, visit www.macfortheblind.com to get started. Macfortheblind.com So, let's see, where's the mailbag? Mailbag! Come on, buddy. Come on. Oh, there's not. A, there's no eye reports. No. Not a single eye report. I am shocked. They just love us so much that they don't have anything to add. I guess <laughs> that's right. We're so perfect that, that they don't have to just you know give us any advice or anything like. But that. we did get three emails, and that's nice. We did get three emails. Yeah. We got an email here from Janine about seeing iGPS, and she has some comments on that. We'll post those in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Janine. We have a request to be uh, more frequent than once a month, and sadly, you're just going to have to be patient. Can't really accommodate yeah. you on that. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. This is a labor but of love. But we appreciate that you like us that much, because that's cool. We appreciate that, and uh, please keep listening. Yes. We think that uh, more often, though, would pro- you'd probably get bored with us. Yeah. <laughs> besides, there's not you can't that give much you too news. much of us, you know? Then you, it's going to be all kind of humdrum, <laughs> you know? And welcome to welcome Triple, to triple click, click Home. home. I, I am Buddy Brandon. Welcome and to Triple Click Home. Welcome to Triple But our last email is really cool. It's about an app that I think I knew about, but I didn't have 
yet, but I think both John and Buddy have it. So why don't you guys talk about making your Mac into a Bluetooth keyboard? Yeah, I actually have this one. I actually have type to phone and it's pretty slick. Yeah, there's also one called iKeyboard too, and, and okay. they're both really good. They do just what they say. You're able to operate your iDevice using the keyboard on your Mac. And if you're like me and your iPhone is often sitting right next to your Mac while you're using it, hey, using both devices with one would be really cool. Right. Well, at least with type to phone, if you command tab away from the app and then go back, then you have to activate it again or something. And yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That I think both of them, that's the same way. But that's okay. Correctly. But thank you, Marcus, for giving a heads up about that because... We are yeah, a lot a of people app. that it are is. Mac really and iOS users. And the price is right. Well, it's not free, but I mean, it's an inexpensive cheap, app, yeah. I should say, because that's a lot different right. than being cheap. <laughs> it is an affordable app, which is, a, which is a, app. a wonderful weasel word because everything's affordable to someone. <laughs> oh, man, buddy, there are things that are affordable in this world that I will never be able to afford. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> I'm right there with you. We just finished talking about Mr. Icon with his billion dollars. dollars. Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to give a billion dollars to Apple. Here you go. Yeah. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Float some some of that my way. I'd I'd be all right with that. I mean, just, you know, (laughs) 20 Gs would be all right, you know. Sure. Invest that into my company. I would be happy. There you go. Come on. Yeah, but then he'd tell you what to do with it. Well, he could tell me what to do with it all he wants. It doesn't mean I have to listen to him, but... Good point. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, though. That is the danger of investors, right? Yes. Yep. But we digress. Yeah, so keep those cards and letters coming. Uh, thanks for getting in touch. Please get in touch more. We love to hear from you, so drop us an email. Resources at serotalk.com. Send us an iReport through your iPhone or your Android phone, or leave us a blog comment on the blog site. You or could send, send us a tweet. Because we have over 2,000 followers. At triple click home. Triple being with only one P. Indeed. www.twitter.com slash triple click home. So yeah, speaking of like not doing what investors want you to, how about that Steve Jobs movie? I, I, I Jobs almost movie. went to see it this weekend. Almost. I, I have really not, yeah, almost. Twenty six percent on the tomato meter equals bad. Wow. Yeah, you know the most positive thing I heard about it were that people were saying that Ashton Kutcher did a good job as Steve Jobs, but the script and the material he had to work with and the direction of the movie yeah. uh, not so great. I know that Leo Laporte mentioned on. Yeah, Steve Wozniak wasn't a fan either. Uh, no, Steve was not a fan. Leo Laporte says that Pirates of Silicon Valley is far better at portraying who Steve was. And then, too, uh, apparently there were some people who, according to Waz, got some, mm, you would say, unfair treatment in the script. Apparently the movie really portrays Steve as somebody who doesn't work well with people at all. And I know that he was difficult. You know, the, the next article we actually bring up in our show notes for you guys talks about people who are obsessive and what that obsessiveness leads to is oftentimes not being very compatible with other human beings. They're very driven. And this is a really interesting article. And of course the phrase that came to mind, 
the phrase that came to mind was, uh, you know, about the, the fine line between genius and insanity. Yes. But we also know that that, that obsessiveness and that drive often leads to being what we consider in this country, quote unquote, successful. Now, what that says to me is maybe we need to look at what that word really means, because if success also means that you're a terrible person to other human beings. Sacrifice your family and and things that really should be more important. But on the other hand, I mean, should we really penalize people for being who they are? No. No. I mean, on the one hand, no, it's not great that he treated his family like crap. Right. Or that he treated other people very cavalierly. Cavalierly. Yeah, I think that's and a word. Didn't, and and <laughs> we'll really, really tread upon people's feelings with wild abandon. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it would be more correct to say he didn't really think about how what he said to people and how he said things to people and how he reacted to people would affect them. He didn't give it any thought. He was more, it was Um, like motivation. He thought that, you know, what he was saying and. Well, and he was always right. Right. So that's something that would make it very challenging to work with him. Right. Yeah. Because if you're dealing with somebody who believes in all of their being that they are in fact, correct. At all times. Well, and let's face it. All they, of us are this way to an extent that everything well, that we, we do, are. we do for what we perceive to be a good reason. I mean, nobody gets the up in the morning reason. to say, I'm going to really piss somebody off today. Well, I do. No. <laughs> um, some people might. <laughs> Who am I going to piss off today? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean... We we all generally do what we do and and believe that we do the things we do for a pure And motive. even Ashton Kutcher has come out to say that this is not a documentary. But I got to say that from a perspective of it being a biographical pick, that let's be realistic and fair to the person that we're doing a biographical pick on, especially since the man is dead. It's not like he can come back and say, hey, that's kind of rude right. for you to yeah, portray me fair. that way. But not just to him, but I think that it's incumbent upon somebody doing a movie like this to also be fair yeah. and equitable to the supporting cast, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think at least the Waz was saying, and I think others also, that was not the case. It's important that we also tell our listeners that there is uh, potentially a work to make another movie that's based on Steve Jobs, but it's based on the autobiography, not the Which autobiography, the biography. Uh, it's not going to be Jobs Part 2. No. <laughs> I think that the plan is to use the biography, which is quite extensive, and yes. use that as a framework. Makes more sense to me. I haven't film. even finished it yet. I'm like right around when the Macintosh got introduced. I haven't <laughs> actually pathetic. gotten it it's myself. It's very long. I feel terrible. Very, it's oh, it is very good. Very good. It's very long. But it's good. It's, it's <laughs> worth the read if you, you, know, you really want to get some insight into the man. It's a great book. Isaacson did a great job with it. Yeah, and I actually really recommend this article that we posted just as a... Yeah, as this a, is a really a, interesting kind of an, article. Yeah. An insight to mental health and realizing, you know, one of the things that people don't often think about, but Steve Jobs totally suffered from an eating disorder. Yes, for many years. 
And that's not something we often think about with men in general. And it's also not something I'm sure people realize that that was one of his own personal struggles. Really, mental illness gets a bad rap. It does, and it's not necessarily what we think it is. Yeah. I mean, come on, buddy. We're all mentally ill. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, seriously, if you don't read any other Speak articles... Speak yourself. I am completely sane. <laughs> yes, that's what all the insane people say. But um, yeah, yeah. if you don't... Seriously, <laughs> read if you don't DSM, read any other article... I guarantee you, you will walk out of that book with like five diagnoses uh, at I'm least. I'm sure. I'm sure of this. But yeah, 12, if you don't read 13, anything else 15. in in this... In the if you show don't read notes. any other article that we that we post in the show notes. Read this one. Seriously, this it's is this one is yeah, really this is interesting. A good one. What was it? One of the things that I read recently, like Steve Jobs, like bought a new car every six months so that he wouldn't have to have a license plate. So that what? <laughs> so he, he wouldn't, wouldn't be to obligated have a to license have a plate. license plate. Wow. I guess you can get away with that in California. I don't think you should try that in New York. I don't think you should have a. Well, no, there's lots of parts of New York that you should have a car, but yes, some parts. Yeah, really I mean, don't like New York is much, much bigger than the city. You can get away with it. Have you guys heard about the hover tube? The which? The new project to send you from Los Angeles to uh, San Francisco in half an hour. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So imagine taking your, uh, you know, the thing that your bank in the drive-through where you. Oh, uh, like oh, a pneumatic tube. tube. Yeah, they've brought the red panda pneumatic tubes to like. Oh, man, that's cool. It is so cool. And you would be going 800 miles an hour. Oh, man, I'm so on board. That would be awesome. <laughs> Who needs high-speed rail when you can get in a vacuum tube? <laughs> that's right. No, that's fantastic. I'm I'm all over it. That's right. Here at Triple Click Home, we even tell you things that have nothing to do with Apple. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know well, it has nothing to do with Apple? You can go LA to, to San Francisco and then visit Apple while you're in San Francisco. So. You could. There you go. You maybe the thing, hey, maybe the thing is Cupertino's not, not that, that far. far from San Francisco. So. Maybe the pneumatic tube network is powered by an Apple computer. Computer. Could be. <laughs> Maybe there's an app for that and you tell Siri where you want to go and it'll tell you which tubes you need to get in. Right. Nice. A transit tube app. There you go. Speaking of apps, do you guys have any new favorite apps? The one that comes to, well, not I wouldn't say it's a favorite, favorite app, but one that I really uh-huh. found useful, and I've talked about this on uh-huh. Maccessibility, was the, uh, I don't know if you guys have played with all-access talking menus. I think I might have talked about this in the last show, too. You did. That's still, uh, just the fact that you could find local restaurants wherever you are, because I used it, the only reason why it comes to mind is I used it again last weekend. Well, I'm going to have to get that. And oh, nice. Yeah, if the uh, restaurant has a menu online, you can access and even get to see yeah. prices and things like that. So it, it's oh, I'm a great totally app. Have, That's totally very have to cool. get that. It's called All Access Talking Menus. All access, all access Talking Menus, yep. I get happy when I go to a place that actually has a Braille menu, but I'll tell you, I'm such a slow Braille reader that I would be sitting there for forever. So having access to menus on my iPhone is pretty awesome. It's great because you get to look at it ahead of time, you know, so before you even go into place, you can get an idea of what it's got to offer. I've been having fun not only with Solera, which we, of course, also talked about last month. And if you're not playing Solera, then there's you something be. wrong with you. <laughs> because it takes mere minutes a day. It's a cult. It's a cult. It does take mere minutes a day. That's actually one of the reasons I really like it, because I can only play for like five minutes, and then I run out of food, and then I have to go do something else. But I got a bunch of the choice games. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like Wizard's Choice and Dragon's Choice? No. And they're all text games, and... 
they have a, a whole list of them that they have on Apple Viz. A number of them are free, but a number of them also cost like a dollar or something. Right. And it's really fun because it's essentially playing choose your own adventure and you get to decide how, how your character will proceed. And sometimes your character ends up dying because you proceeded the wrong Uh-oh. option. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. But AppleViz has them all listed, so I highly recommend those. Again, they don't take up a lot of your time. They're all text, so voiceover reads all of the elements, which is neat. And having games on your phone, I've decided, is really just a necessity, because I feel like there are times in your day that you need to just stop thinking and being productive, because it's okay to just... You just want to poke at buttons that say, build. Right. Yes. (laughs) Quest. Fight with 12 food. I still think the greatest part is that I hit fight. <laughs> Train with and 20 they food. just do it. Right. Yes. I actually like that yeah, at some point you're no longer training with food. You're training with money because... I prefer the money part. You get more money than you get food. Where do you trade? You where, get where more you money than food, but it's like it, it alternates from one level to the next. Like one level, right. it'll be... Tra- right. Like you can't choose. Once you get to the higher levels, it's all money. Oh, okay, ah. good. Yeah. I just hit 27 myself, so... Not oh, well, look at lot. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't compared to know, Mr. Steinkamp, a- Mr. <laughs> level 44 oh, or whatever Steinkamp. Yeah, something ridiculous. And we talked about seeing I last month, and we'll just put it out there again that it's available. Ooh, ooh, it's not out yet. But Bard had a four-day shutdown of their website. They did. And I don't know about you all, but I'm pretty sure that means that the app is coming. I think so. I'm speculating that it's coming soon. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing when they went I'm down. I'm so excited. When they said we got scheduled maintenance. I love the people who are like, oh my gosh, I can't get on to Bard. And I'm thinking, I have so many books that I can't read them I all. Have about Why right? is it that books you guys lined up? Like, seriously, like, okay, you're complaining about not being <laughs> able to get Bard. Uh, okay, like, there's not a limit. You can download all the books you want before. I have like 40, literally, on my computer that oh, I haven't I listened to. By the way, one that you might like if you haven't gotten it yet, just finished reading it, it was fantastic. It was really interesting. It's called Exploding the Phone. Did you see it? No. no. It's about the phone freaks of the, like, the 1970s. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Oh, and lots of blind guys. Yes. I know. I, I, I actually know that one. Was, that's a thing. Yeah, I actually know one who was <laughs> yep. part of that whole deal. Yep. Actually, it's funny because there were a couple of guys that I've seen on email lists that I'm like, oh, dude, I know who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> Exploding the phone. But if you're thinking of Bill Acker, John, I, I yeah, he's... Yeah, I've, I've known him for nice. a while. Or are you thinking of him? No, no, I know. I, one of my clients, actually, from the state of Washington was one of those. Nice. Ah, so awesome. the Bard app is not out, just in case people go all freaky on us. <laughs> yeah, we did not say no, that. No, it's not out, but we believe that it's coming. We believe. Well, they said that it was going to come in uh, early fall, yep. and uh, early fall is coming, but... It's possible that the shutdown Mm -hmm. and and maintenance was for infrastructure changes to uh, support that. That's right. That is my opinion. And I'm an expert on (laughs) my opinion. So next month, it sounds like we're going to have all kinds of stuff for you guys. We think there's going to be an Apple event. There might be a bard thing, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We may have a lot to talk about in the next one. And I don't know what else is in the pipeline as far as apps go, but... Ah, oh, did you guys uh, 
Well, that's, that uses Android, but are you guys familiar with OrCam? Not right. that I'm sure any of us have $2,500 to spend on it. Wait, are you talking about the thing, the $3,000 gadget that's from Israel? Yes. Oh, okay. I've yeah, heard that. that sounds really neat. It does. But I wonder if it actually works. Yeah, I've, I watched at least one video. I'd like to see an actual live, honest-to-goshness demo yeah, of it in, in person. Because, you know, you can do what you want yeah, with a video. Not some canned publicity <laughs> thing. I'd actually like to see that in action. And how much vision did the person using it have? <laughs> they should That's have the zero. Question. That's all I know. Right. But $2,500. Oh. They're saying, well, if you have a visual impairment, you know, you can point at something and, and it'll point, read that out or whatever. It's like, okay, so what if you can just sort of point vaguely in the direction of whatever it is, but you miss? Because <laughs> I would miss. I can just see it. I'm in the grocery store and I point at what I think is my, you know, the correct uh, bottle. And it turns out I actually pointed at You pointed three bottles different. to the left and one shelf down. Right. <laughs> That's about it for this time, y'all. Derek's going to um, be like, you all were on crack. He only 21 once. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this. I'm not cutting any of it. He's no, going to. Austrian chore. That's right. We're just going to put it out like the. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that'll do it for this time. Thank you all for tuning in this episode. We're 21. We're legal. And uh, y'all come back and uh, listen next time again. We sure appreciate you listening we appreciate you following us on twitter we that's right they really, have more really followers appreciate than your comments triple glaucoma has more followers we finally have more followers than alina yeah you can add to our account if you go to twitter.com slash triple click home you can find our website at tripleclickhome.com and you can comment there mm-hmm. you can also send us email to resources at serotalk.com and you can leave us an iReport on iBlink radio I'm Buddy Brannon. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash bbrannon. That's B-B-R-A-N-N-A-N. And uh, you can probably hear all about my new cat, Jasper, who just came up to say hello. Ah, yes. um, Anyway. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash blindperspective. And that is blindperspective without the E at the end. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash macfortheblind. If you like. And if you require any of John's services, let him know. Visit me at www.macfortheblind.com. That's right. All opinions expressed on our various Twitter feeds do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Serotech, its management staff, board of directors, and third party resellers. (laughs) Oh, buddy. (laughs) That was funny. He like yawned in the middle of it. It was really funny last month. We were totally like, we could totally do that spiel, except we don't know what it is. And Buddy does it so much better than we do. So we just left it out. Anyway, I guess I should say thanks for listening, y'all. See you next time. Goodbye. Oh, (laughs) Bye.